This morning we're going to look at the story of one of the lesser characters in the New Testament, but one of really an important character in the New Testament. And, you know, I always kind of like uh, when there are little notes about these heroes in the background, I like to think of them as. The people that, you know, they didn't write a letter necessarily in the New Testament or they weren't real necessarily a prominent figure, but they were working behind the scenes day and night, faithful to the Lord. And while there's so many of them throughout the New Testament, we know that in the early church life, but while wow, how they love the Lord. And one of them today is a special one that we're going to read about today. And there's only a few verses that really mention his name specifically, but we see him in action. And every time we see him in action, there is a a theme that comes out of his life. And we're going to read about him. And the first th uh, thought that we see about him comes in Acts chapter 4 and verse 36. And it says this, that there was a Levite from Cyprus, Joseph, to whom the apostles gave the name Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. And today we're going to be talking about Barnabas a little bit. But you'll notice here, that the Bible says that the apostles gave him the name Barnabas. Um, that must have meant something special to Barnabas, but it also must have meant something special to the apostles, that so much so they could look into Barnabas's life and say, you're not just who you used to be. We see you as an encourager, and your name is going to be the son of encouragement. That's going to be who you are, Barnabas. And you know what? And the stories that we read about Barnabas and the life that we learn about him, that's exactly what he did. He was an encourager. And it wasn't the type of encouragement that just came alongside and gave somebody a pat on the back and said, you got this. No, it was a little deeper than that. It was a little bit more expressive than that. It went further and it was a spiritual in nature. And, and that's what you're going to see today as we read about the son of encouragement and we read and we talk about this today is that it goes deeper and penetrates the soul. And this morning I'm going to talk to you about, and this is going to sound so strange to you, but I hope by the end of this you'll walk away remembering this. I want to talk to you this morning about handing out bricks, handing out bricks. And hold on to that for a few minutes. We're, we're going to read a little bit more about Barnabas's life in Acts chapter 9, verse 26. The Bible tells the story in Acts chapter 9. This is the Saul's conversion here where uh, you may not recognize his name as Saul, but later became known as the Apostle Paul. And his story happened here in this great, powerful conversion on the road to Damascus and saw a great light from heaven and his life was changed forevermore and wrote many of the most of the New Testament. But, of course, uh, Saul's previous life was not very comfortable for the church. Saul had a livelihood out of persecuting the church, and he was known for murdering Christians, uh, probably one of the foremost leaders in chasing down the church and breaking up all the gatherings and trying to get rid of them. And of course, when the story comes along that that guy who used to murder Christians is now a Christian, came down through the other Christians, uh, you can imagine their fear a little bit. Is it really so? But the encourager came along. 
And you're going to see that today, that the son of encouragement, Barnabas, knew that what had happened to him was no accident. It was no coincidence. It was no fabricated tale. It wasn't a lie. It was the real truth. Saul's life had been changed, and now he is Paul. And so the Bible says in Acts 9 and 26 that when he had come to, to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him, brought him to the apostles, and described, uh, watch this, he described for them Paul's testimony. And so in his own words, Barnabas says, I'm going to tell you for my own self how I've heard it, and I'm going to recount to you what I've heard. How on, on, he described for them on how on the road he had seen the Lord who had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had spoken boldly in the name of Jesus. And so he went in and out among them in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He spoke and argued with the Hellenists, but they were attempting to kill him. And when the brothers and sisters of uh, learned of it, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. And meanwhile, the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was built up, living in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. You know, the Bible is, uh, especially the writers of Luke and Acts, Luke is a methodical writer. He's very detailed, and everything he adds in there is an important detail for us. And the story here about Barnabas intervening on behalf of Paul cannot be forgotten without reading that last verse there, that the church had peace and was built up. Could it have been that the church had peace because uh, Paul's career had changed? That's possible, yeah. That's very well. When there's one less murderer on the streets after Christians, that, that tends to bring peace about a little bit better. But this went deeper than that. And we see that here through the words that are used here, that the Bible says that the church had peace and was built up. And living in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. And we see here that what was really happening to the church was not a, uh, an outside perspective of growing in numbers. It was a deep spiritual work that was reflected through growth. And the Bible says that they had peace and were built up. There's another verse that says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and I want to read this to you because it brings up a similar word that we just read here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12, it says, he's talking about spiritual gifts, and he says, So with yourselves, since you are striving after spiritual gifts, seek to excel in them for building up the church. Verse 26 says it this way, what should be done then, my brothers and sisters, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. And that word right there is once again, building up, building up. We saw it that it happened there in, in when after Paul had been, was brought in by Barnabas, we see Paul later uses it, talking about spiritual gifts and the working of God. And we see that all spiritual life leads to edification and building up. And I want to dissect this word for a minute. Now, I, I know that I don't like to always dive so deeply into the Greek sometimes, but uh, languages are a thing of, that I love. And sometimes one of the things I've learned about kind of 
diving into languages a little bit is that oftentimes in English, we have a word that may not translate well into another language, and it works the same way, vice versa. And many times I find this with Spanish, that there are uh, words in Spanish that do not quite sum up maybe a whole sentence in English, and the same way back and forth. And Greek is one of those languages that it happens. And I want to show you just a little bit for our understanding of what it means to be an encourager today when he talks about building up. And this word, building up, you'll notice here that it says building up, but really it's one word in Greek, and it comes from a compound word. And the compound word is, you know what that means? That means it comes from two different words. And it comes from a literal word that means this, to actually build with construction materials, with architecture, to like lay down bricks, to put bricks and put mortar and keep building and building and building. It's, a, it's actually like establishing a roof over a place. It's architecture. It's construction work. And the other word that comes in play there is a word that in the Greek stands for family. It's a building of a home. It's not just a physical building, but it is, it's not just a house, but it's a home. You know the difference, right? It's, you can go to a lot of places. You can be in a house, but it not feel like home. And home is that sense of family. And so what he's telling them is that when you're building up, it's the sense of, yes, you're building a physical, a safe haven, a refuge, but you're also building a sense of family and of home, a place where people feel comfortable to come and live. And so that's what building up here means. And it is a word that is used throughout the New Testament often. And it's often and especially important when we're talking about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 14. And that's another sermon for another day. But the point is this, is that all things in the body of Christ should be done to build up the church to build up one another. In other words, it should all things in the body of Christ should be done to establish a home for other people to come in and find family and safe refuge in, to find love and acceptance, to find a greeting and hospitality and welcoming. And so when spiritual gifts do not do that, then you might have to question whether it's a spiritual gift. All spiritual gifts build up the church and establish a home, a sense of a place that says, I want to be a part of that family. And the thing about family is, is that there can be words of truth that can be done in the same way that are edifying and building up. We see this in Jesus's ministry. He spoke the truth, but it was done so that they might be edified, not condemned, not brought down, not destroyed. And you'll notice the difference here is that the work of Satan is to destroy. The work of Jesus is to build up. And this is the way, the same way that the, this word should be implied in our work today, in our lives, in the body of Christ, is building up, establishing homes for one another. And so now you're beginning to understand the analogy of bricks. That's what encouragement is. Encouragement is defined as this. It's giving hope or promise. It's giving hope that everything's not going to go under. It's giving hope that don't throw in the towel yet. There's still more to come. And encouragement is reminding, spiritual encouragement, clarify, is reminding one another of the promises and purposes of God. And spiritual encouragement is so much needed today in our world. Oh, my goodness. How many of us here today need encouragement? 
I need encouragement every day. And you know, some days I've just begun to pray like this. I say, Lord, today it's great to have encouraging words. But I say, Lord, today send me divine encouragement. Just let me know there's some divine encouragement today. Encouragement is this sense of handing out bricks. It's handing out bricks because it's reminding others that there is still more to build under this home. There is still more to establish. It's building a home. It's establishing a place that is not yet complete, but is still in progress. And that's all of our spiritual lives. And encouragement is coming alongside of someone who is kind of stuck in a rut or stuck in a hard place or stuck in a trial and can't quite see past it and handing them a brick and saying, it's not over yet. God is still at work. He that began a good work in you, he's going to bring it into completion until the day of Jesus Christ's return. And that's what encouragement is. It's handing out bricks to one another, spiritually speaking. It's coming alongside a brother or sister and giving hope that you might have run out of bricks, my friend. You might feel like you don't have the energy to go on. But I'm going to come alongside of your spiritual house and I'm going to add a brick and say, in Jesus' name, you can make it. You can keep going through the help of the Lord. And that is what Barnabas did. And apparently Barnabas had done this so much so that they decided, you got to get your name changed, brother. You can't go by what you used to be called anymore. Your name is now Barnabas because you are the son of encouragement. And we want it to be known that everywhere you go, you're Barnabas. You're going to come alongside and you're going to encourage. You're going to build up. You're going to edify other believers. And that is the way this church is supposed to be, is building up, encouraging one another, finding consolation and comfort and exhortation among one another. And so the apostles said that about Barnabas. You're doing that for us. We want to see how you can take this to the rest of the body of Christ because the work in the kingdom of God is this, to build up the church, to build up the church. And so a few things we're going to learn about handing out bricks through the life of the encourager, Barnabas. The first thing we see here in Acts chapter 9 is that Barnabas, he went in the Bible says this, when Paul was an outsider, when Paul was not welcome, when people were afraid of Paul, when people stood and were skeptical about his conversion, the Bible says, watch what Barnabas did. The Bible says in Acts 9 and 27 that Barnabas took him. Now this word implies that he didn't just, he didn't just like lock him out the door and say, we're going to have a conversation about this. No, the Bible says that he took him he brought him in. Now, you watch what had happened in the verse before that. The Bible says that Paul had attempted to join the disciples, and he couldn't get anywhere because they were afraid. So now what Barnabas has done is he says, hey, come, come in here. You're gonna, you have a seat at the table now. Come here, Paul. He took him and he brought him in, like putting his hand around his shoulder and saying, now listen here. I'm bringing him here right here. I've heard this guy's testimony. I've heard his story, how he was on the road. I'm telling you, it's the truth. God changed his life. As a matter of fact, God changed his life so much so he's been preaching to the Greeks. He's been trying to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ on behalf of them. And they were trying to kill him for it. If he's really doing all that, he's not doing it just because he's trying to get an end and trying to persecute us some more. He's done it because Jesus has changed his life. So Barnabas took him in. He brought him in and he defended him. He defended him. 
And that's what an encourager does when we're handing out bricks and when we're building one another up. It's an encourager does this. The first thing you'll notice about an encourager is they believe the best. They believe the best. And the thing about discouragement is, is that discouragement gets stuck on gloom and doom. Everything is down. Everything is coming and crashing down. The world, everything's falling over me. But an encourager says, no. I believe in the Lord's word. I believe in God's promise. And I believe that if Jesus does a good thing, he's going to finish it. I was just reading in Revelation the other day. This is a side note for those who like to study the Bible. I was just reading in, the Bible, in Revelation the other day, in Revelation 21. And I was amazed by the words of God as he spoke. And he saw the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. And the words that were said, God said these words. God the Father said these words. It is done. And I thought, but didn't Jesus say on the cross, it is finished? And I was reminded that, of course, the work of Christ was completed on the cross. It is finished. But the work of God will also come to completion as well. The new Jerusalem that he's promised for hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of years, there will be a day where God will say, I am the Alpha, I started it, and I am the Omega, and I will bring it to completion. And that's what an encourager realizes, is that God is the one who starts the work, and God is the one who finishes the work. And that's what Barnabas saw in Paul, was that Jesus started something good in Paul. Jesus molded his heart. Of course, he did some terrible things to the church, but he testified on his behalf and believed the best. And that's what Paul later said about love. Maybe he learned it from Barnabas, is that he said in 1 Corinthians 13 and 7, that love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things endures all things and that type of testimony doesn't come from someone who believes that doom is right around the corner that's the type of somebody who believes that love is God God is love and love comes from God and so it bears all things believes all things hopes all things and endures all things and so Paul or Barnabas defended and got on and got on Paul's case and stood up for him and fought on his behalf stood up for him. And you notice that's what an encourager does. An encourager comes alongside of someone. Maybe when life has beat them down, when life has just tossed them over and just been rough on them, or maybe the enemy has done it to them, whatever it might be, an encourager comes alongside of them and defends them with the promises of the word of God and says, no, God's word says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God's word shows me that you have a purpose in your life. God's word shows me that if he spoke a word to you, he's going to do what he said. God's not a man that he should lie. God keeps every word. And that's what, a, that's what a, an encourager does. They believe the best. And it's not because the best is in us. The best is in the Lord Jesus. The best is that in one day, there will be a day where no, God will wipe away all of our tears. God will take away all of our pain. No more crying. No more mourning. That's what the best is. Believing that there is a day coming as we are passing through this world onto our home, to the place where we will be with the Lord forevermore. It's believing that there, that day is soon ahead. You'll notice that the apostles, they didn't believe in the best of the Roman world. They knew things were bad. They knew the Colosseum was a destruction place for Christians. They knew that, but they believed that if Jesus said he's coming back again, I can hold him at his word. And so I can believe that the 
the best is in Jesus, not in this world. I can believe that the best is that God said he's going to prepare a place for me. So therefore, I take hope and encouragement knowing the best is still yet to come through Jesus Christ. And real encouragement, you'll notice, it comes from the Lord. It comes from the place of being near to the Lord Jesus, using the gifts to build up one another, to lay another brick on somebody's life and say, the best is yet to come. The second thing about an encourager is this, is that an encourager, you'll notice that when Barnabas took Paul alongside of him, he began to speak to the disciples, the Bible says, they were in fear. And they were afraid. And not only were they in fear when they were afraid, we know that they were being persecuted. We know that life was rough for them at times. And the, the, uh, the irony of it is, is that the verse tells us at the end of that, they were afraid, but later on they began to live in the fear of the Lord. And the thing that you notice, the second thing about an encourager is, is that an encourager sees beyond the trial. And that's what Barnabas did for Paul. Paul was in a trial, and those apostles were in a trial. What do we do? We have this guy here who says God has changed his life, and all I know is that he's been killing Christians, and I have to bring him in. I have to welcome him. I have to accept him. It's a trial. But Barnabas saw beyond that. Barnabas saw for the few moments through faith what could happen if God really changed his life. If all that he said is true, could it be that this is the beginning of something great? And could it have been if it wasn't for the actions of Barnabas, how the difference, the church might of direction might have gone differently. But Barnabas came in as a critical character in the New Testament, in the life of the church, and stood up for Paul and said, wait a minute, I've heard his testimony. It is true. It's bigger than what you are afraid of right now. It's greater than this trial that you are in. It's greater than that. It goes further and past me beyond that. And wasn't it so much true what Barnabas was saying? Oh my goodness, if Barnabas could look back at the end of his life and see that you and I are reading a New Testament that was mostly wrote by the guy that he stood up for, he saw beyond the trial. And that's what an encourager does. And an encourager, I love this about Barnabas. And what, an, what a word it's been for me to just take it in my soul today. Barnabas, he saw by faith. He lived by faith. And how easy it is, and that's the problem with discouragement, is discouragement often is onset by what we see with our eyes. But encouragement comes from the onset of what we see by faith. And that was what Barnabas was doing. He was looking by faith into Paul's life and saying, no, God is doing something great here. God changed his life. And by faith, we're going to believe God is still doing some wonderful things on the earth and doing great things in Paul's life. And so therefore, I'm going to come alongside of him and encourage him. Paul, it's all right. Don't worry about these guys. God's going to work this out. God's going to take care of this. Whatever God started, he's going to finish it. Don't be discouraged. And so I want to encourage you today. You want to help somebody? You want to hand out a brick and build up somebody? See beyond their trial. Help them when they're in their trial to just look to the Lord Jesus. Lift up our eyes, the Bible says, Colossians 3, 2. Take our eyes off of the earth and lift our eyes to the heavens. And look to Jesus and remind ourselves that all that this is is temporary. It's a moment. But Jesus promised us that even in the middle of our pain, he is with us. 
He is with us. And so oftentimes an encourager is the person to come alongside and simply to state the things that cannot be seen. Listen, my friend, I know you're going through a hard time, but can I just remind you right now, I know you may not feel like it, and I know you can't see it, but God is with you. An encourager comes alongside of someone and says to them, my friend, I know it's rough. I know it's hard right now, but I want to tell you today, there's peace that comes from the Lord Jesus. There is peace. I know you may not experience it right now, but I'm praying for you. I'm believing by faith that it's going to come for you. And that's what an encourager does. He handed out a brick, not just to the Paul. He handed out brick to the disciples. He said, wait a minute, we're going to build on this thing right here. God is still working. God is still doing things. He's not only establishing a physical building, he's building a home. And isn't that exactly what they became? How Paul was welcomed in. They became a family. They became brothers and sisters in Christ. And the church was established and grew in numbers, the Bible says. The Bible tells us there in Acts chapter 9 that the, they had peace and it was built up and they lived in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit and it increased in numbers. I've just often thought about as I look at that and look at the work of handing out bricks, how important the work of encouragement is to the body of Christ. That if God thought it so much so that he would give us spiritual gifts to edify one another, then he must know that it is critically important in the life of the church that encouragement comes alongside. Because encouragement will sometimes either break or make somebody. It will either help somebody keep going that is ready to throw in the towel and keep them pressing on. And if God gives gifts to edify, then that must mean there are times that when we need to be edified. Don't we all we need encouragement? Oh, I need encouragement. You need encouragement. And today I'm just here to encourage you that God is doing a great work. And when you, God puts it in your heart to encourage somebody, don't underestimate that work. That could be critical to the rest of the life of the church. You see how Barnabas, it changed everything that was happening in those believers. And that church, guess what happened when Barnabas came alongside and encouraged? It increased in numbers. It grew. And not only in ways that you and I might think in our Western mentality, it grew in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And that's what encouragement does, is it brings us back to what's important, Jesus. It helps us get our eyes fixed on the things that are really important in life. God, helping me. Oh, Lord, I need you today. And the son of encouragement, he knew that well. And he established a home for Paul. He established a home for the, the disciples and he built them up in the faith. And I want to just tell you today that when God encourages you, take that as just a gentle reminder. When God sends someone along your way or even when God uses you to encourage them, just take that as a gentle reminder of, oh, how much God loves us. That he sees us in the struggle that we're in. You know Jesus knows this life is hard, right? He, dwell, he, he lived it himself, and much harder than we did. He knows that it's difficult. He was tested in all points like we are. He knows how difficult it is. And so when encouragement comes alongside of us, and God sends someone to just build us up for a few minutes, take that as a divine notion of God's love for you. That God thought it enough of you to send someone alongside of you and say, it's okay, my friend. I know you may not feel like it. I'm praying for you. I know when you're weak, it's hard to pray. I'm praying for you. I know you're struggling. I see that. 
but I'm standing with you. And if you need anything, I'm here for you. That type of encouragement, oh, what a wonderful reminder of the love of Jesus. Recently, I had a friend send me a message. And you know, this friend, I knew they had a gift for encouragement. And I hadn't heard from this friend in a while. And truthfully, I was kind of waiting for them because I needed their encouragement. And you know what? The things that they had to say, the words that they had to say, it's exactly what I needed. It was exactly what I needed. And you know what? It got me going. He picked me up that day and said, you know what, Lord? Your word is true. You're not a man that you should lie. Even that person reminded me of that. And if they can remind me of that, then surely today I can remind myself, yes, Lord, it is so in Jesus' name. And today, I want to tell you today, there's encouragement for you. There's strength for you. There's hope for you. And when you and I become encouragers, we're handing out bricks of promise. It's like a brick of saying, one day this building will come to completion. One day this work shall be brought to finish. It's not over yet. Don't you throw in the towel. And maybe we might have to just come alongside of one brother or sister or another and say, hey, look, I know you've kind of stopped building some bricks here, but I'm going to help you today. And I'm going to establish an encouraging word on you today and build you up in the faith. I want to leave you with this as the musicians come. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says it this. this. This word that we've been talking about, encouragement, comes from a word. Uh, uh, we're going to use some language again. Forgive me. comes from a word that means paraclesis. And this is a word that basically means this. It's an attorney. It's someone who stands up on your behalf and defends you. When you don't know what to say, someone goes in and fights for you. And that's what the Bible calls the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. He's, the, he's like our defender. He's our attorney. When we don't know what to say and defend ourselves, he comes in and works on our behalf. And so then the Bible repeats this word. Paul uses it here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all consolation. Or it could be said, of all encouragement. Who consoles us in our affliction so that we may be able to encourage those who are in any affliction with the encouragement with which we ourselves are encouraged by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are abundant for us, so also our encouragement, oh, I hope you hear that today, so also our encouragement is abundant through Jesus. If we are being afflicted, it is for your encouragement and salvation. If we are being encouraged, it is for your encouragement, which you experience when you impatiently endure the same sufferings that we are also suffering. Our hope for you, listen to these words of encouragers today. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our encouragement. Isn't that amazing? That God sends divine encouragement to us so that you and I can then come alongside of our brothers and sisters in Christ and say to you, I was in your shoes one time and God gave me encouragement. And I just want to tell you, it's available for you. And that same encouragement that we receive 
we give to others, and we share with one another. And you see how it's all connected? It's the family thing. It's the house. It's the building up. It's the bricks being laid and established and handing out bricks to one another. And I pray that there's a culture of handing out bricks in this church, of encouraging one another. We're just going to say to one another, I believe God is going to help you. He's going to help you through this. Whatever you're going through, I'm believing. I want to encourage you today. Jesus has got this. He's going to make a way for you. And is and as the word said there, for just as the sufferings of Christ are abundant for us, so also our encouragement is abundant through Jesus. And I want to encourage you today. You need encouragement for Jesus. The Bible tells you playing there, it's abundant for you today. It's plentiful. It's there for you today. Will you stand with me this morning? This morning, you need encouragement this morning. Just, would you just come and stand here at the front? I'm going to join you today. We all need encouragement in our lives. You just need some encouragement from God today. We're going to pray for one another. I just want to invite you to come. Just come this morning. Come on, right now, just come. And as you see someone come, would you just join beside of them? Maybe they need encouragement. Maybe you don't need encouragement, but they need encouragement today. And so you just come and put your arm around their shoulder, put your hand on their back, and just pray for them and encourage them. Believe the best and see through the trial for them. And believe by faith God is doing some wonderful things in them. Just come this morning. You need encouragement. Don't be afraid. Just come this morning. Come. Maybe you're going through some physical ailments, some sicknesses, family situation. You need encouragement. Just come this morning. We want to stand with you today. We're going to believe God's going to give us divine encouragement today. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I thank you today for how you provided encouragement for us. How discouragement often defeats us. But Lord, you see that even in our trial, we need encouragement. And so Lord, today, thank you, Jesus, that just as you suffered for us, you also provided encouragement for us because you know how difficult it is. You know how hard it is. And so Lord, today, we just pray that encouragement would come. Oh Lord, build up the body of Christ today, Lord Jesus. Lord, let there be words of life today, Jesus, that would come from your throne and build us up in the faith, Lord Jesus. Lord, help us today to trust in you. Lord, help us to see through the trial and persevere knowing that Jesus is with us. Lord, today we pray for supernatural encouragement from your presence. We pray send grace today, Lord. Send help from your spirit today, Jesus. Oh, God, we pray we need encouragement today, Lord. Oh, how we struggle in this world, how life beats us down. But, God, how your word promises hope to us. So, Lord, help us to look to Jesus today. Oh, we thank you today. God, send encouragement today, Lord. Send help from your Holy Spirit. We need you, Jesus. We need you today, Lord. We look to you, Jesus. We look to you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Would you just begin to pray for someone near you today? Pray God encourages them this morning. Pray God would speak life over them today. Lift them up in the faith. Believe for them when they can for themselves. We thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We 